Welcome to the Mina Surge podcast, the ultimate source for all things Web3 and fintech related in the Mina region. Powered by Fintech Surge and Future Blockchain Summit, taking place at Dubai Harbor, October 15th through 18th, alongside Expand North Star and in association with Jitex Global. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Great. And I know that you're a visiting faculty at London Institute of Finance and Banking. Is that correct? Or yes. banking and finance, I guess you could say, LIBF. And we're excited to have you on today because we know that you're giving a uh, workshop at Fintech Surge. And I was just hoping you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and um, the London Institute of Banking and Finance. Sure. Thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be here today. And I'm really excited about the uh, FinTech Surge, the upcoming workshop next month. Um, I've been uh, working in the financial services industry for over 10 years um, across the um, Europe, Middle East and Africa region. And I've delivered consulting and training engagements to numerous banks, regulators and insurance companies. And um, artificial intelligence um, is undoubtedly um, one of the most exciting technologies uh, that transforms the financial services industry. So I very much look forward to um, delivering the workshop on the implications of AI for the financial services industry next month at FinTech Surge. That's great. And that's very exciting to hear. And, you know, as we, you know, kind of move further in technology, we cannot ignore uh, artificial intelligence uh, across kind of all sectors really seeping its way into, you know, every single corner of the world right now. And so I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, how do you believe that artificial intelligence is shaping the landscape of financial services specifically? Sure. AI, in fact, has made substantial inroads into various industries, and the financial services sector is no exception. Andrew Eng compared AI to electricity because of its transformative power and its ability to be a general purpose technology, just like electricity revolutionized industries in the 19th and early 20th centuries by powering new technologies and enabling automation. AI can transform industries by automating tasks, providing new insights through data analysis, and creating new technologies. And it can be integrated into various domains and applications, changing the way we work, leave, and interact. The banking industry stands out as one of the sectors most well positioned to gain significantly from the application of artificial intelligence because of the inherent data intensive nature. Banks manage vast amounts of structured and unstructured data, which is derived from transactions, uh, customer interactions, market data, and so on. And this data-rich environment in banks um, is a fertile ground for AI to analyze patterns, to make predictions, and offer personalized solutions. In the 1950s, when the concept of AI was being developed, there was growing interest in using computers to perform tasks that would normally require human intelligence, but it was limited to academic circles at that time, and the financial services industry was still reliant on traditional methods. 
in 1980s, 1990s, the field of computational finance emerged and this period saw the developments of algorithmic trading and the application of complex mathematical models to predict market movements, assess risks and optimize portfolios. With the rise of the internet in the 1990s, there was democratization of financial information and the rise of online trading platforms. And this was the era which witnessed an integration of AI in finance, particularly in fraud detection and risk management. And from 2010, the advancements in deep learning and explosion of fintech startups marked a new era in the integration of AI in finance. AI became instrumental in developing sophisticated trading algorithms, automating wealth management, and personalizing banking services. AI-powered applications in credit scoring, underwriting, and claims processing revolutionized insurance and lending sectors and uh, financial institutions started experimenting with AI-powered customer service solutions like chatbots. The, um, the father of AI, Alan Turing, said, um, we can only see a short distance ahead, but we can see plenty there that needs to be done. And AI offers the vast uncharted potentials in finance, and we have a majority of exploration and uh, implementation um, ahead of us. So financial institutions and uh, tech companies uh, continue to explore the potential of AI, the convergence of AI with emerging technologies like the Internet of Things, 5G, and quantum computing will create new possibilities in the financial sector. So the myriad of applications from algorithmic trading to fraud detection and risk management, they show the pervasive impact on the industry. And as we navigate this uncharted territory, the words of Alan Turing remind us of the enormity of the task that we have ahead. Um, where, of course, it's very important to also ensure ethical assimilation of AI technologies and to address the potential biases and ensure inclusive and fair financial ecosystems. Wow, a full history lesson on financial services <laughs> industry. So, I mean, it's really exciting to to hear you discuss, you know, where we've come in financial services to where we are now. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of us, we, we kind of forget the days of, you know, actually keeping ledgers on, you know, paper and pen. And then, you know, using calculators came a little bit later, which was not that long ago when you really think about it, the use of calculators in financial services and banking and accounting and even moving further from there to you know microsoft excel and then further to actual accounting software and now we actually have artificial intelligence which is you know able to operate these models in a much more streamlined fast and as you mentioned unbiased way and you know it, it is doing a great job you know not having that human error or human bias involved in, you know, fraud detection and intelligent trading. Um, as we all know that there's, you know, an entire industry of 
financial traders and for some reason whenever the uh the economy goes down we still see you know money being lost so as much as they're expert traders um uh, you know they're, they're not that that far ahead of just what the natural curve of the market tends to do um one thing i wanted to talk about a little bit as well is the the credit scoring model and why is ai important um to revolutionizing the way that credit scoring models um is operating today sure uh traditional credit scoring uh typically relied on limited data sets and such as borrowing history um outstanding debts and probably payment records and ai can process vast and diverse data sets which include non-traditional data like social media activity online purchase behavior and so much more so that the individual's credit worthiness um we can get a much more holistic view of um every individual's credit worthiness and some fintech companies have developed models that factor in a person's digital footprint such as the consistency in filling online forms or the frequency of location changes on their mobile devices ai algorithms especially deep learning models can analyze trends and patterns in vast data sets to predict future behavior and this helps us more accurately forecast a borrower's future ability to repay for example, um, Upstart, um, an AI lending platform, uses alternative data, which includes education, employment, um, and other types of data to forecast an individual's credit risk. Their model has shown to approve more applicants at lower rates than traditional models. And traditional credit models are static. In contrast, AI models can learn and adapt over time, which improves their predictions based on new data and outcomes. AI can automate the credit decision-making process, um, enabling faster loan approvals and more efficient risk assessments. And very importantly, traditional credit scoring methods often exclude individuals who don't have a substantial credit history. AI can evaluate alternative data sources, allowing individuals without conventional credit histories to be assessed for their credit worthiness. For example, Tala, a mobile tech and data science company, provides microloans to people in emerging markets based on their smartphone usage patterns. And this is important for a few reasons. AI-driven credit models because of their capacity to process diverse data sets, um, they can be more accurate in predicting credit worthiness than traditional models. Automation, of course, reduces the manual workload, which leads to faster decision making and cost savings for financial institutions, faster loan approvals and personalized credit offers enhance the overall customer experience. And by using alternative data sources, AI can help in including a larger segment of the population that was previously underserved or not served by traditional banks. Uh, better predictive analytics also means that banks and lenders can manage their risks more effectively, leading to fewer defaults and more stable financial system. So 
the impact of AI on credit scoring isn't just about technology. It's uh, about reshaping the entire landscape of how financial institutions understand risk and how they serve their customers. And as AI continues to advance, it's likely that we are going to see even more groundbreaking changes in this domain. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask you as well, uh, but I think you kind of answered it. Is you're saying that the you know AI factoring into credit scoring models actually helps more people get approved? Yeah, absolutely, and particularly those who may not have a previous credit history by leveraging their digital footprint, by other leveraging other sources of data, it can help those uh, people get access to uh, credit with some of the fintechs uh, particularly focused on offering these solutions uh, to underbanked or unbanked populations um, and in markets like emerging markets where uh, the populations with no access to traditional banking service, services are sizable, it is very important to promote financial inclusion to ensure that those who may not have had uh, bank accounts, they do not qualify for uh, loans uh, when we use traditional uh, methods to assess credit worthiness with alternative data sources and the use of AI, they can be um, eligible to uh, receive loans, which is which is critical for the economic growth and the development of the of the economy. Yeah, and I think you made a very important point is that, you know, fintech really does give um, access and inclusion a lot more than, you know, what we really think about. Sometimes we think about fintech as just being a way to manage your money but you know when you're talking about these emerging markets or under underbanked markets that they just really don't have any way to to get a loan just to to repair their house or to you know repair their car so they can get to work like these are the types of things that really boost an economy so just by factoring ai and being able to give loans to individuals that literally have never gotten a loan before they've never had a credit card before they've never had to pay off a mortgage before, you know, a traditional bank would never have given them a, a loan, but through AI, we're actually able to detect, hey, this person seems like the type of person that will actually pay off their loan. Uh, they have the means to, they have a history of, you know, making good decisions. So let's go ahead and give them a loan, help them get to work, help them make more money, and then actually boost the economy in that way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And and one of the things you mentioned, which I, I wanted to touch on as well, is you're saying that AI can actually use behavior on your smartphone to make decisions about whether to you know, loan money to you or not? Yes, it could be um, also one of the uh, uh, considerations in the um, assessing credit worthiness. It could be other factors as well, such as the um, utility bill payments, whether they are done on time, uh, social media analytics, which can help profile individuals uh, to determine how um, good their decisions are and how uh, likely they are to to repay um, to repay the loan. That's great, and yeah, you know, obviously there's always that question of like. 
how much of our privacy is really, you know, kind of getting out there. Um, I'm a marketer myself, so I actually I have no problem with uh, with websites and apps kind of understanding my behavior because that means that they're going to make my experience a lot better by serving me advertisements that are relevant to me, not things that I have no completely no interest in. Um, and of course, I use these tools to to market to a relevant audience as well. But do you hear a lot of kind of apprehension as far as you know people not wanting their their privacy exposed like that to AI? Well, um, th there are certain differences between different uh, customer segments, and um, some of the customers might be willing to share their data so long as they receive something in return. And particularly younger customers like Gen Z, uh, they might be open to an idea of sharing their data, but they need to see a certain kind of reward um, that they are likely to receive from sharing the data. So I think that it all uh, boils down to um, the consent to ensuring that uh, we do not use the data without the customer's consent. Customers are aware of their data being used. They, they give consent for their data being used and they um, receive the, the reward for their data being used. That could be in the form of the um, credit approval um, if the lender needs to have access to their social media profiles, for example. Uh, it could be the, uh, the the benefit in the form of the lower premium when it comes to an insurance company. If they want to know how risky the customer is, how risky the policyholder is as a driver, and they want to have access to their details about how they drive, how they brake, how they accelerate, where exactly they drive, or how healthy their lifestyle is, and they want to um, receive more granular information about their lifestyle patterns from Apple Watch, for example, or from the fitness tracker. So some customers are willing to share um, their data as long as they receive something in return, such as the lower premium, the lower insurance premium for their car insurance or their health insurance. Uh, but we need to ensure, of course, that um, there are mechanisms in place to protect customers' privacy, to obtain their consent uh, for using their data and for rewarding customers if they are willing to um, provide uh, their data. But that is a very important point about privacy that um, you raised. And of course, for uh, financial services uh, institutions, it is vital to decide on how they are going to uh, protect and safeguard customers' data and protect their, their privacy. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I think a lot of times we think about privacy and, and we're always afraid of things that are automated. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, the concept of there needs to be some sort of reward. There needs to be a reason why they're sharing their data other than just, you know, so a company can, you know, mine their data, sell their data and make a profit. But, you know, if you go to get a loan and somebody requests to have access to your data, then you clearly have a need already, right? So either you need to purchase a car to get to work, you need to repair your home, perhaps somebody is in the hospital and you need to pay a medical bill. 
there's always an incentive to give more of your information. And traditionally, it's not like we didn't provide information already through some sort of application process or some sort of form or have your credit score checked in some sort of way. Um, you know, all of this was a matter of us giving our information to other people, um, producing bank statements, producing, you know, your your uh, electricity bills, uh, producing your rent, you know, these sort of things. We did provide information already. And now it's just saying, hey, look, here's an automated way that we can actually get more information than the traditional methods and and understand whether you're going to you know default on your loan or you know if this is going to put you actually in financial jeopardy as opposed to helping you out financially then you know it's something that we also want to take care of you know the customers as well absolutely and you know kind of kind of bringing to that point as well you know we we, we know that banks they don't want to loan out money to people that uh, are going to default on their loans and i think that uh, we all know at least one person who has gotten into trouble with you know a loan or with credit cards and they just got in way over their head and this is the type of thing that can obviously deter people from you know getting in you know and actually getting too much money that they're, they're not able to pay back ai would be able to recognize these sort of trends but you know also when it comes to fraud detection ai can play a very big role in that um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how ai contributes to fraud detection absolutely traditional fraud detection systems uh, required manual review and uh, typically we could react to fraud after it has occurred and for AI models, it become with AI models, it, it becomes possible to detect and flag suspicious activities in real time, so that the um, fraudulent transactions, um, as they happen, they can be um, they can be prevented. And Mastercard, for example, whenever you use your card. Um, MasterCard users test decision intelligence, which is an AI-based solution. So whenever you make that purchase with your MasterCard card, for example, the transaction details are analyzed in real time and the likelihood of each transaction uh, being fraudulent is assessed. Uh, this advances uh, became possible with uh, deep learning models, especially neural networks that can process vast amounts of data and recognize intricate patterns and anomalies that would be challenging for simpler models or humans to uncover. And AI systems can also anticipate potential future threats based on evolving patterns. Um, this predictive capability ensures proactive measures against new types of fraud. Count, an AI-driven fraud prevention solution, uses predictive analytics to evaluate transactions, risk levels, factoring in various data points such as device, location, and transaction history. Um, by analyzing transaction locations, AI can flag improbable sequences, like a card being used in New York, let's say, and then a few minutes later in London. Many banks use AI systems today to send alerts or block transactions when a card is used in a location that doesn't align with the customer's typical behavior or current known location. 
And apart from location, AI can integrate various data sources from transaction histories to customer behavior on banking apps, which creates a view of what constitutes normal behavior. And this makes it possible to identify anomalies. So whenever the card is stolen and someone else tries to use it, the fraudulent transaction is recognized and stopped. With AI biometric verification, like fingerprint recognition, voice recognition, facial scans can also be enhanced, making it difficult for fraudsters to gain unauthorized access. HSBC introduced Voice ID, a voice recognition system which is powered by AI algorithms, and it is used to verify customers' identities and protect against potential fraud. With the use of voice biometrics, HSBC Voice ID created customers' unique voice prints, which is used to verify their identity. And the voice print combines both physical factors and behavioral factors. Behavioral factors include speed of speech, pronunciation and emphasis, as well as accents. So Voice ID provides another form of verification, and it aims to make verification easier for customer by reducing the need to remember phone banking pins and answer additional security questions. So an effective fraud detection system, it doesn't only uh, minimize uh, losses for the banks, but it also can increase customers' trust in banking institutions, ensuring they feel their assets are secure. It can help improve customer experience. It can help banks better comply with regulatory standards, avoiding penalties. So AI has immensely enhanced the capacity of the banking industry to detect and prevent fraud through sophisticated algorithms, real-time analysis, and the integration of diverse data sources. Banks can better safeguard both themselves as well as their customers. Wow, so already with AI, we're looking at uh, making more money, getting better loans, and also keeping our money safe from, mm -hmm. from fraudsters as well. So yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot of interesting, uh, interesting advancements in financial services through AI. And I wanted to move on to the next one, which is actually one of my more uh, interesting topics uh, to discuss is, how are chatbots revolutionizing the customer service experience in financial services? Yeah, well, uh, chatbots also fueled by advanced, the, the, the recent advances in AI and natural language processing, they have revolutionized customer service um, in the financial services sector. They are available around the clock. They provide customers with immediate responses and support, regardless of time zones or holidays. And they simultaneously interact with thousands of users so they can resolve issues and answer queries 
freeing human agents to handle more complex tasks. Bank of America's chatbot, Erica, allows customers to access banking services and get support at any time, improving user experience. And chatbots can also conduct transactions such as transfers, bill payments, and account management by interacting with customers in a conversational manner. They can educate users about financial products, policies, and best practices. They can quickly alert customers to potentially fraudulent activity, helping to secure accounts and promptly address any issues. And the immediacy and availability of chatbots mean customers can get support information or perform transactions whenever they need. Chatbots automate routine tasks, so they allow human agents to focus on more complex and high-value interactions, um, improving operational efficiency. Also, chatbots can collect valuable data on customer interactions, preferences, and needs, and this data can be analyzed to gain insights and improve services. And while some customers may prefer human touch and they may prefer to speak to the human agents, interactive and user-friendly chatbots can enhance brand image and they can reach customers who prefer digital interactions over traditional channels, which is the case for younger customers, for Gen Z, for example. So the, the, the integration of chatbots and customer service within the financial services industry is a significant shift towards more automated, efficient, and personalized customer interactions, highlighting the role of AI in shaping the future of customer engagements in banking. That's great. And, you know, I think it's important to highlight the difference between a proper artificial intelligence chatbot versus the virtual assistants that we've been dealing with for the past 10, 15 years, where you know, pretty much they just say, say yes for this, say no for that, press one, press two. This is not what, we're, that's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking like a proper artificial intelligent chatbot. Yes, definitely. AI-driven chatbots that are trained on understanding nuances of the uh, natural language that can provide responses in natural language. And with recent advances that we have seen, um, ChatGPT has demonstrated the um, capabilities of AI to the, very, to the general public. Uh, and this kinds of um, interactions where the chatbot is well-trained on understanding what the customer says and is trained on providing responses to those uh, queries. This is where the customer experience can be truly enriched. And um, very importantly, some of the banks have also enhanced their AI-driven chatbots with further capabilities, such as um, insights um, being provided to help customers manage their finances better. Erica at Bank of America or Eno at Capital One 
they uh, provide insights to customers proactively on the um, any differences that they notice in the recurring bills, um, anything that may look like a fraudulent transaction. So an idea is that the chatbots are not there to only answer simple queries um, and support customers with basic questions uh, that they may have, such as what is my account balance or uh, transfer money to this account. But they can also provide insights and recommendations for helping customers to manage their money better. And this is what will make an experience more delightful for customers. That's great. And I think that we've all had those moments where we are trying to call our bank and instead we're we're stuck with a virtual assistant and we keep trying to press zero to get to talking to somebody that actually understands us because the, the menu is not quite saying the things that we want to happen. And that's why we picked up the phone in the first place because we couldn't do everything that we needed to do online and through the app. So we wanted to talk to some to somebody to help our problem, but we're stuck with the virtual assistant. And I'm actually really excited about these, you know, AI chatbots because it really helps, uh, like you said, enrich the experience. You know, even sometimes whenever we do get to the the actual person on the other end of the line, a lot of times they could just be reading from a script. They, uh, you know, they're not quite sure about everything. Their job is customer service, not full comprehensive banking. So, you know, you ask them a question, they might need to, you know, put you on hold for 15 minutes to go speak to a supervisor and then come back and tell you the answer and then not really understand what the question was in the first place. But I think that, you know, AI chatbot really has an opportunity to, to understand what your frustrations is or understand you know, what solution you're actually looking to accomplish and be able to automate in real time the solution uh, as opposed to speaking to a supervisor, saying they'll get back to you, saying they'll call you back. They can actually fix it right there on the spot. And so I think that you know, a lot of times we want to speak to a real person, but you know, it's very possible artificial intelligence might actually have more personalized experience than even a real person who has, you know, their own life problems, as you mentioned, 24-7, weekends, holidays. You know, nobody wants to work at a call center on the weekends and holidays, but, you know, AI is not really concerned with that. You know, they, they're just here mm -hmm. to help. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's likely that in the future, more and more um, customer interactions will, will be handled by, by artificial intelligence as opposed to the call center, to the human call center agents. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, one of the, you know, we've kind of touched on this, you know, sort of in between each of the different topics, but what are some of the challenges that you're seeing with financial institutions adopting AI? It seems that, uh, you know, AI is really doing a lot of great things. So, you know, what are some of the challenges that we don't know about? Yeah, so financial institutions, they are keen on leveraging the benefits of AI, but there are also some challenges in adopting this technology. And first of all, financial institutions handle sensitive data. So using AI systems that, ac that access this data, this can raise concerns as we talked about data privacy and potential data breaches. So implementing robust encryption techniques, multi-factor authentication, um, stringent data access protocols, this can help secure data. 
Also, regular security audits and penetration tests can fortify defenses. Another area of um, concern is that AI models are always good as the data that they are trained on. Inaccurate or incomplete data can lead to faulty models and challenges in um, consolidating and cleaning data from legacy systems can lead to inefficiencies in AI implementations. So one of the possible um, strategies to handle, to, to overcome this challenge is to adopt robust data governance frameworks and data cleaning processes, as well as investing in data management platforms to enhance um, data quality. Um, many financial institutions today operate on older IT systems. Integrating advanced AI solutions with these legacy systems can be cumbersome. Large banks with decades-old core banking systems might find it, find it difficult and adopting a phased integration approach, leveraging middleware solutions, or considering system modernization can help in smoother integration. Another challenge that banks face is the shortage of skilled professionals in the AI. Many banks have reported difficulties in hiring skilled AI professionals because of high demand in tech companies and startups. And to address this challenge, financial institutions can invest in training existing staff, collaborate with academic institutions, and consider partnerships with AI-focused companies or vendors. Employees might resist AI adoption. When AI initiatives are announced, there could be resistance from employees as there are fears of job displacements or they believe that existing methods are adequate. And this can be addressed by employee education about the benefits of AI, emphasizing how AI can assist rather than replace human tasks and fostering a culture of innovation. So the um, potential for uh, AI in the financial services industry is massive and proactive strategies um, an emphasis on collaboration, transparencies, and education are needed to address those challenges that exist as AI technology and its application continue to evolve. It's important that banks remain agile and responsive to ensure effective AI adoption and alignment with stakeholder needs. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's kind of like, you know, whenever computers really started becoming, you know, mainstream and like a household item, um, you know, everybody was afraid that computers would replace jobs. And I think that, you know, in some in some jobs, I'm sure that it has replaced certain roles as well. But now I think that we're all on our computers all day, every day. It's not 
something that's replacing our jobs anymore as much as it is something that we rely on to actually do our jobs. So um, do you see that that's kind of the, the direction that AI is going to take as well, that it's it may replace a few jobs you know, in the beginning, but ultimately it's going to be a tool that all professionals will be using on a daily basis? Yeah, it, it, it might replace some of the jobs. And uh, um, while this is the case, as you said, the technological advancements such as um, the computer, they made us more productive and they drive economic, economic growth. So as computers, um, smartphones made ours a lot more productive, imagine how much productivity gains will be driven by artificial intelligence and i'm sure that um, all of our tasks we will be able to uh, handle our existing tasks more productively more efficiently um, while we will also be able to um, to spend more time on more value-added tasks as some of them will be completely taken over by artificial intelligence but that's probably a good thing as um, non-value-added activities, uh, repetitive mundane tasks, um, they are not contributing much to the economy, perhaps they're not really um, driving our growth and uh, we as individuals can benefit from uh, using AI to handle more repetitive tasks, non-value-added tasks, refocusing our um, energy, redirecting our energy towards more value-added tasks where creativity, um, human judgments, and other strengths that we have with, where these strengths are truly leveraged. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, I'm actually thinking that you know, just eight years ago, I want to say something around there is the first time that I actually heard of AI. Um, as of, you know, a couple of years ago, I hadn't really heard much of it since I initially heard about the subject. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, 2022, 2023, AI has made a, a huge comeback into our lives. And I think that now it's kind of something that everybody is talking about. So where do you see AI, you know, changing or how do you envision the future of AI in the financial services over, let's say, the next decade? Yeah, uh, the, integrate, the integration of AI into the financial sector has brought uh, transformative um, opportunities uh, and we have already seen um, automation, we have seen the greater personalization. Um, the future of AI in financial services is likely to be characterized uh, by further automation, by increased sophistication and the creation of new services and capabilities. Um, apps like uh, Means and Clio already use AI to provide personalized financial advice and insights, and this is likely to become more advanced and prevalent, which is really great as um, AI will enable um, banks to provide insights that will help their customers. Uh, so it will not be just about predicting whether the customer is eligible for the loan or not, but it will be um, empowering customers with insights on how to ensure that they actually uh, improve their spending and saving patterns so they do qualify for the loan. 
and we will see the development of more AI-driven financial products, such as investment portfolios managed by AI and insurance policies underwritten by AI algorithms. Robber-advisors such as Wealthfront and Betterment will evolve to offer even more sophisticated and diversified investment strategies. And um, when it comes to autonomous finance, which is facilitated by artificial intelligence, it will automate financial decision-making, helping users optimize their finances seamlessly. AI-driven platforms might autonomously allocate user funds across savings, investments, and debt repayments, considering individual goals as well as market conditions. And AI will, of course, continue to advance in detecting fraudulent activities and cyber threats using more sophisticated anomaly detection techniques and real-time monitoring. AI systems will be able to uh, prevent sophisticated cyber attacks employing advanced techniques like adversarial machine learning, for example. Also, the integration of AI with blockchain technology um, is promising as it will enhance transparency, security, and efficiency in financial transactions and data management. Smart contracts powered by AI could facilitate, verify, or enforce credible transactions autonomously and more securely. And talking about the um, convergence with future technologies, um, the rise of quantum computing will impact AI's capabilities in financial modeling, risk analysis, and data processing. Um, quantum enhanced AI models could perform complex financial simulations and optimizations at speeds which are unattainable by classical computers. JP Morgan Chase is collaborating with IBM on quantum computing research to explore its applications in portfolio optimization and other financial models. So the next decade will see unprecedented advancements and innovations in the application of AI within financial services. From autonomous finance to quantum enhanced modeling, the fusion of AI with other emerging technologies will reshape financial ecosystems, offering enhanced services, products, and experiences to consumers while addressing challenges related to ethics, security, and compliance. And this evolving landscape requires continuous adaptation, learning from professionals, and ongoing collaboration between technologists, financial services professionals, and regulators. That's amazing. So big, 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 big things that we're expecting from AI. Um, I, I think that really just, you know, life as we know it will be completely different uh, within the next 10 years, completely due to AI. And, and I'm excited about it. I think that it's just something that we can all look forward to. I think that is something that um, is going to really enhance and 
use the word that you said again, enrich our lives. And, and I'm excited to see what that holds. And, you know, we know that uh, just next month, you're going to be here at Dubai Harbor at FinTech Surge, October 15th through 18th, alongside Expand North Star. And you're going to be conducting a workshop about harnessing the power of AI for the financial services sector. Uh, tell us a little bit about what we can expect uh, to learn at your workshop. Yeah, participants will be um, exploring the. I will, we will be exploring transformative potential of AI in the financial services sector, and uh, the workshop will cover AI applications such as chatbots, robot advisors, credit scoring models, fraud detection systems, and others. Highlighting how these technologies can help banks improve their operational efficiency and drive better decision making. I'm very excited about delivering the workshop and I very much look forward to FinTech Search next month. Great. And what, what are specifically are you looking forward to seeing uh, from exhibitors, sponsors and speakers at FinTech Search? I very much look forward to seeing the FinTech innovations, what is driving the future of the industry and uh, the developments from across the regions and globally that are going to reshape the future of finance and money. Great. And thank you so much, Victoria. I mean, I think that we all learned quite a bit about the history of, you know, banking and finance, as well as, you know, the future of banking and finance through AI. And I think that you've done a great job here. And I can't wait to see, you know, what your workshop looks like at FinTech Surge. And I look forward to seeing you next month. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure uh, being here. And uh, I look forward to meeting everyone at FinTech Surge. Great. See you then.